Springfield Civic Auditorium. It's The Simpsons, 138 episode spectacular. Hello, I'm Troy McClure. And welcome to another edition of The Substandard, sponsored by Quip Electric Toothbrush. I'm Victor Mattis, along with Sunny Bunch. I'd like to remind you The Substandard is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just click on our podcast and search for Substandard. You'll easily find us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, and leave a review. Well, it's summer, so JVL is out on his long anticipated beach vacation sunny is doing an smdh over here I, I was just you know i mean i would love to be two weeks on a beach wouldn't you sunny bunch no that's <laughs> the worst that's the worst thing i've ever heard uh yeah, yeah well good for jbl uh, you know he's mm-hmm. pre- he's pretty stressed all the time so he needs he needs some time away uh, the question is is he really really going to be off is he going to be like off the grid or is he just working from the beach because that would kind of suck i i think working from the beach would be better than being on the beach <laughs> yeah if you're going to be on the beach you might as well do some work is that yeah. what you're saying do some editing on the yeah. beach i mean okay being being on the beach is punishment enough you know <laughs> Uh, okay, so well, it's just uh, the two of us. What's going on? What's going on with you? Uh, you know what I did what? this. What this, did you do this weekend? I tried the worst cookie that, is, that has oh. ever existed. <laughs> it's a, you know, there's a lot of competitors for this. Yeah. so I'm really interested. It's the the cherry coke or maybe cherry cola version of the Oreo. Oh, I'm not there even was, familiar uh, with this. Yeah, it's a it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a bad thing. Is it's it made thing. by Nabisco? Yeah. It's like, well, you know how like Oreo put out a bunch of weird flavors. They That's put out a right. bunch of weird flavors. Flavored the creams. The right. creams are flavored. And I don't know why they did this because the Oreo is basically a perfect cookie. I mean, it's it's, it, there's so many different things. In our office, that. there's a thin Oreo. Yeah. It's terrible. The thin Oreo. Thin Oreo, not me. as good. Not, not as good. good. You, need, as good. you need the full size Or Oreo. double stuffed. Would you do a double stuffed? Oh, well, double stuffed is great. Double stuffed is great. Double stuffed. You need the double stuffed. But the 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 cherry cola or cherry cherry coke whatever it's called is I mean legitimately <laughs> it it like has pop rocks in no, it, it uh, oh, to, to, to emulate it, to carbonation it, yeah, to give it like oh, that carbonation feel it's awful which is which is just terrible mm-hmm. and uh and the the like cherry part basically tastes like you know when you go to the dentist and they give you like the fluoride paste that you have you, to like bite down, bite down on, on it for a long time. <laughs> That's pretty much what it tastes like, except oh, not lovely. as good. Yeah. Frankly, I would yeah. rather have like the have orange that. fluoride creamsicle flavor. That's the flavor I would, you know, opt for. I remember <laughs> as a kid they gave you a, at some point towards the end of my youth, you know, when they even mm-hmm. bothered to tell you about different flavors. Mm-hmm. After that, they mm-hmm. just didn't happen anymore. Uh, one of them was uh, chocolate, and I definitely I went with like a chocolate. yeah, chocolate oh. was like and but then the other one I remember the hygienist telling me, and then there's also butterscotch, and then without saying a word, she shakes her head at me like, "Don't do it." Yeah, so I was smart. Uh, somebody should have shook their head at me uh, when I bought the dollar forty eight package <laughs> of or it's a full size package. It's like the cheapest thing that you could buy at Target, uh, and it was it was really you were curious. It was I was curious, you were curious because I mean, you, you know, you you think it can't possibly be mm-hmm. as bad as it kind of sounds yeah. it would yeah. be yeah and it was worse it was i mean it was honestly i i was uh almost sick eating them i was almost, i, I ate wow. six of them oh, you... 
But you, because so, you weren't sure at I was, five. Look, at five, you're like, hmm. no. Well, I, I I had a I had a very specific plan. I wasn't sure what uh, what sort of drink to pair it with. So I got a glass of milk, a glass. <laughs> you didn't get Coke. A glass of bourbon and a oh. glass of Diet Coke. And I was like, okay, well, let's see which of these. And I, I wanted to oh, do two mm-hmm. of each just to make sure. You were doing you know, a flight of I was Oreos. Doing a flight of Oreo uh-huh. pairing. Well, it was okay. an Oreo pairing. It was an Oreo pairing challenge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so what worked best? None of it. No. The, uh, definitely the bourbon. The bourbon is the best because, I mean, when you're drinking 100 proof bourbon, yes. I was drinking mm-hmm. the Old mm-hmm. Forester. Prohibition oh, uh, style, nice, I think. Yeah, 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 it's a little bit higher. Or no, it was the 1897, not okay. the Prohibition style. So the 18, but, but it's, it's barrelly strength. Hundred, kind of. uh, it's hundred proof bourbon. So like, hey, you uh, cut it at all with water? No, I, I put some ice in it just to. Um, yeah. But the the uh, the hundred proof bourbon pretty effectively destroys any lingering cookie taste in your which mouth. You don't want, which is what you're eating. <laughs> you don't and, want, and then you don't want the that. taste of you don't it anymore. Want any, it's much better. It's much preferable to have the taste of bourbon in your mouth. I than remember when that awful cookie. I remember when I was in um, uh, on the bourbon trail in Kentucky. We went to Woodford, and we did a whole thing of pairings. Uh, with Woodford Reserve, and obviously anything goes great with. I mean, Woodford is great. You can right. have that with anything, but they had it like it was like a wheel mm-hmm. uh, uh, on your table, a tasting a, wheel. A tasting wheel. Wait, was it like a lazy Susan? No, it, didn't, like it? it was shaped as a circle. It was, a, it was like a it was like a chart. Oh, it was, it was like a it chart. Was like kind of a oh, chart, okay. and then okay. they had like you know with like a pie chart, and then on each slice of that pie was a different thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the interesting things they had was sorghum, which is kind of like it's like molasses, I think. Um, I thought it was like soybean. It, kind of, it was know. sweet. It was very sweet. Something I, I imagine that's very common in Kentucky. So uh, that worked. And then when we were at Jim Beam, they matched it with prosciutto. Hmm. And you know what? Also good. Yeah, well, bourbon goes with everything. It does. It does. I was going to ask you a quick question about uh, Oreos. Have you ever had a cookie that is the complete opposite of the Oreo known as Hydrox? No, I heard that that's like, is it like, is it like a New York City thing? I know all my New York City friends. Is that right? No, I always thought it was like, I basically thought of Hydrox as the knockoff. Yeah. To, but, like, but Hydrox was first, I think. Isn't is Hydrox that right? Over? I don't know. I this remember. Is, I feel like John Potthorts has a thing about Hydrox. Maybe he'll listen to this and tell us. The, the only, yes, he will. Uh, the only thing I know about the Oreo is it was invented in the building that currently houses the Food Network in New York City. Huh. Yeah, they're How in about the that? old National Biscuit Company headquarters in Chelsea. Um, okay. Is that what Nabisco stands that for? That is for – that's my area of knowledge. Look at this. I, you, you know, know, you know I many know things. About I should have told you. I should have mentioned drink. this before. You, oh, could yeah. have brought, you could have prepared a whole oh, I could have done. thing about Oreos and Nabisco. So I'll, I'll make sure to avoid that. Uh, I'm avoiding a lot of things lately, actually, so mm-hmm. because in two weeks' time, I have my semi-annual. It used to be annual, mm-hmm. but now it's a semi-annual blood test. Twice annual. Twice annual. Not once every Bi-annual. two years. Biannual. Biannual. Biannual is every two, two years. Two. Okay. I don't know. I don't semi-annual. Know. No. Semi-annual. Twice so, yearly. Twice yearly. Twice okay. yearly blood test. And this time I'm really going to ace it. Uh, <laughs> I'm, so I'm fasting mm. between now and next. Not this Friday, but the Friday after. You're just not going to eat for two weeks? You, no, 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 no. I'm just curbing my normal appetite. You're doing, my, are you doing reduced, reduced I'm kind gluttony? of a RRG. Reduced, reduced. So this is what I had so far today, okay? <laughs> okay. This is what I had. I ha- I started with a little Quaker Oats cup of oatmeal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. little cup. It's portable. Uh, and then I, I had a, um, a little uh, beef jerky link, like a sausage link. Just one? Just little one. Little link? Just one little old link. Okay. And then I had leftovers, which was a small container of leftover bow tie pasta that I had cooked with olive oil and garlic. And 
like a chicken cutlet, a fried chicken cutlet um, that was, you know, just, you know, just a normal, nothing fancy, breaded fried cutlet. But that was it. And then I polished it off with a little, in our kitchen, the little mini Snickers and a mini Kit Kat bar. But it was dark chocolate Kit Kat, so that's good for the heart. Yeah. So that's, And I've been also eating granola throughout until right before we taped. So that's like 1,800 calories already today, <laughs> probably? That, I have 200 left. At least. Are you telling me I only have 200 left? Well, you know, you're on the reduced, so, reduced gluttony reduce diet. Gluttony, so. you know, but, that, but that's it. I'm beginning to, as long as, if I can get but to 4 o'clock. Right, if I can get to four o'clock without <laughs> any more snacking, no, I, I tend to start. I get less hungry at you four. Like and I say, oh, you like a gremlin? You turn into you turn into a I monster do. if you snack after Don't four. Don't feed me. Don't <laughs> feed me after four. And uh, and then and you know, but but then dinner's around the corner. Then mm. I can convince myself, okay, I can get mm. through this. And I just need to do this. <laughs> yeah, just, that's true. There is like a mental hurdle. I, I know what you're talking about. I know I know what you're talking about when you're yeah, like. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna eat in like an hour, so mm-hmm. I can be, I can, I can make it. I can, I can do this. It's like, it's like what I imagine marathoners go through, or other I, people yeah. who go who do like physical yeah. strenuous yeah, yeah. activity. Just, yeah, well, I, would, you know, I wouldn't I'll, know. I, I will know. I, I will do this because I have my 5K in September, so I right. need to get into this mode of thought sure. anyway. Uh, and, and then and just try to power, and then you know what? And then after whatever the dinner is, something light, and then and then go to sleep, mm. mm-hmm. and then just go to sleep because if you're just awake, pass out. just pass out. However, I'm. I'm we have been watching at home uh, a fantastic show. I'm sure you saw this when it came out on Amazon, The Night Manager, with Tom Hiddleston and oh, Hugh no. Laurie. No, I, oh. it was supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, Highly recommended. Got to watch that. Okay. And then the kids came back, and so we actually caught up on Mission Impossible 3. I finally saw it. Oh, okay, good. And you were absolutely right. It's paying for the sins of the father because Mission Impossible 2 stunk. Yeah. And so, like myself, I just said, I'm not going to watch part three. But you know what? Pretty good. You could tell it's J.J. Abrams. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and the pacing. Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. is really good he's in so this. Good. He, he's just fantastic yeah. in that. Um, and, uh, yeah, and oh, by the way, and I think that was the last time Ving Rhames did anything actually physically strenuous on Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah. He does it on a water seed. Yeah. He gets stuck in the, he's mostly he just, gets stuck in the tube now. He does a lot of sitting now. He does a lot of computers. A lot of sitting and getting away. Yeah, that, that, that's about it. But anyway, as I was going to say, I, as I mentioned in a previous episode, I needed to brush up on Mission Impossible, uh, and I did. And since good. we're talking about brushing up, the truth is most of us are brushing our teeth wrong, not for long enough, and forget to change our brush on time. That's because most brands focus on selling flashy gimmicks rather than better brushing, but not Quip. So what makes Quip so different? For starters, Quip is an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes while still packing just the right amount of vibrations to help clean your teeth. Quip's built-in timer helps you clean for the dentist-recommended two minutes with guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. Next, Quip's subscription plans are for your health, not just convenience. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Quip also comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror and unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel wherever you take your teeth. And finally, everyone loves Quip. They were on Oprah's O-List, named one of Time's Best Inventions, and is the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. Plus, they're backed by a network of over 20,000 dentist hygienists and hundreds of thousands of happy brushers use Quip every day. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash substandard right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash substandard, spelled G-E-T-Q. 
QUIP.com slash substandard. It's time you orient yourself with the perfect toothbrush. Speaking of the Orient, over the weekend at the box oh, office. No. I'm oh. pretty sure that's problematic. I guess you can get away with this. Get rid of yellow stains. Oh, Speaking of no, no. Speaking of oh stains, my I was gonna God. say stains. I was gonna say stains. As you <laughs> look, we have to remind everyone of your heritage because that, they, like, people are gonna send in a lot of angry, yeah, angry are, mail in our mailbag. Yeah, they'll send lots of angry mail. No, I can say this. We should do a mailbag episode next week. I'd after love we, to do. Bear, by we, the way, have after you, we half-assed this uh, this oh, uh, clip show episode, you mean after Labor Day? Yes, when we come yeah. back after Labor Day. Have you been to the Apple review section for the Substandard lately? Uh, I, I was just there today for I haven't been there in a while and I was there today. Yeah. There is one that we it is straight out of a Casey Kasem dedication from my heart and we'll save it for we'll save when it, we man. all come back. It's really quite something. Okay. I'm not even kidding. But anyway, over the weekend, Crazy Rich Asians took the top spot at the box office with twenty five million dollars, followed by the Meg with twenty one million dollars, and in third place, mile twenty two with thirteen point six million. To answer your question on Twitter, Sonny. Um, I I looked at it and there no there's no punctuation whatsoever. Yes, crazy rich Asians. So I makes me think it's both. Is it crazy? So is it crazy hyphen rich? As in these are these folks are crazy, crazy rich. rich, or is it crazy comma rich? As in these people are crazy and also rich. I think because of the lack of punctuation, it's both. It's that crazy. So you think that? But wouldn't that then just be crazy comma rich? It should be. Because then I think that's, they want that's you both. Guessing. Yes. That's both. The I, crazy comma rich is crazy really both. and rich and then crazy rich. I guess crazy rich is much, much richer than yeah. rich. Like just rich. But beyond your imaginings. There's it's, so much richness. Have you seen crazy rich no, Asian? No, I, mean, I didn't see but, but you've seen Black Klansmen. I have seen Black Klansmen. Okay, so you've seen Black Klansmen, but you haven't seen crazy rich Asians. Is that what you're telling me? Are you saying that I'm prejudiced against mm. Asians? I'm telling something's up. I saw a Black Klansmen and I saw Sorry to Bother You which are two African-American-themed and led movies directed by African-American directors. And I've not seen Crazy Rich Asians. Mm -hmm. Well, I also saw Black Panther. And I haven't seen trifecta. Crazy Rich Asians. You saw the wow. I just, I, I'm just starting to realize no, no, how problematic I am. That's extremely offensive. To your people. I, to my people, on behalf of my people, I'm offended. Why do people keep on asking if I've seen Crazy Rich Asians yet? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Why? Why, Why should I see it? Uh, I probably maybe will in the next couple of weeks. It could be interesting. It's actually the know. story of your childhood, as the doctor said. <laughs> yes, well, that's, uh, this, I, I thought this movie was about my parents, <laughs> Crazy Rich Asians. Um, I'd like to, I think it would be more interesting, a, a, a movie where it's a Asian uh, man and a white woman. I think that'd be more, that would have been more interesting if the guy in the movie brought a white woman back mm -hmm. to Singapore. I think that's more interesting because it's more like, because oh it would be gosh. like a culture, culture a clash. total culture clash. And you almost but never see it that way. Ready? Isn't there already a culture clash? Well, there yeah, is in the because, movie. Isn't that because, like, because she's American, like American Asian, yeah. It's more nuanced. Don't Singaporean, I, I, would, I think. I would be is less, that right? That is correct. I would be less nuanced than uh, that. No, I mean, it, it is interesting that this movie, uh, it's another one of these movies that has kind of exceeded expectations more modestly than Black Panther did, certainly. I mean, Black Panther had everything going for it. Mm -hmm. It's a Marvel mm -hmm. movie. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it was like a cultural phenomenon because it was a uh, an all african-american cast um but this but but crazy rich asians also kind of did about maybe i don't know 10 percent, 15 percent beyond expectations of yeah. uh or 20 almost 20 percent mm -hmm. actually um mm -hmm. uh compared to uh what it was projected to do which is i mean like look you're gonna get um 
you're going to get a lot of think pieces about what this means for diversity and all, and all right. that. And I'm That's just right. I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah. What was what was most fascinating actually? It's funny I am. That, it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned the mm-hmm. the the uh, uh, black Klansmen and the rest. There was a if if you searched crazy rich Asians on mm-hmm. Twitter last week. Which I did because I was I was trying to find something. Yes. The the auto populate like the suggested search, you know, it was crazy rich Asians black, and I was like, hmm. okay, that's weird. I wonder what's going on there. So yes. I, I clicked on that to see what it was, and that's there was scary. there was like uh, there was like a semi race war going on on Twitter. It was like the the Asian people were like, we went we supported Black Panther. African Americans, you have to come see Crazy Rich Asians, and then the wow. African Americans were like, "No, we're not going to go. We, you, you're all racist. You hate, you hate the black man." And I was like, "Wow, this is all fascinating." It's like it was actually very, very interesting to see kind of a like a uh, a racial contretemps that is stripped entirely of white people. It was yeah, like, no, it was like it was you like did not have a nothing, dog in this fight. Nothing it was just <laughs> these two. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> What I want. Um, anyway, yes, you, yes, yes. So anyway, it was it was it mm-hmm. was kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really have anything to say about this because mm-hmm. I don't I don't mm-hmm. know how to say mm-hmm. it without getting into lots of trouble. No, well, but look, like some of us have just done. I don't know what you're talking about. Anne Hornaday liked it, right? Uh, from the Post, your colleague, your colleague at the Washington <laughs> Post. Uh, she liked it a lot, and I, and I heard her on the radio, and she, but she, she stressed more that it was also a nice return of the rom-com. Yeah. There hasn't been a really good rom-com in a while, yeah. since certainly since the passing of Nora Ephron, and sort of she had the classic rom-com. You know, I, I'm, I, uh, the reason, so here's what, actually why I was looking up Crazy Rich Mm-hmm. Was because I wanted to see if anybody was calling it uh, was any any if anyone was accusing it of being an exercise in exoticism. Do you know what exoticism is, Vic? It's when you it's uh, when no. it's when you look at a foreign culture and you like you 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 uh, oh. you like make it look weird and strange yeah. and therefore interesting. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know it's this is kind of a a this is one of the things that is considered very problematic now, exoticizing yes. foreign cultures. And I was curious to see if that like is, lost in translation. Yeah, kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. Yeah. Um, and I guess I guess Crazy Rich Asians kind of get to pass on this because everybody in the film is Asian. They're if it, Asian. if they had had the white uh, oh, woman as you oh, suggested, would then it like, would definitely oh, be exoti- right. it exoticism. Would be exoticism. But uh, I guess because it isn't, uh, it, it is not such a mm-hmm. a, a mix mm-hmm. that it was not it was not problematic. I'm, I guess I feel like I, I feel like I should be in the movie. You know, as, as as an Asian, and maybe I could be in the the sequel, like Crazy Big Headed Asian. Crazy Big Headed Asian. I fill a category. Sure, please. Okay. Uh, so I did not see it, but also Gene did not see it. In case people oh. have been asking, if Gene did not see it. However, speaking of Gene. Uh, we got a special treat for everybody, don't we, Sonny? In lieu of a full episode, since we're mailing this one in. Yeah, since it's just you and me, and we're taping it, we're taping it from the lovely Free Beacon uh, conference so room. So convenient. Uh, which maybe we should do every episode mm, here that from would be now on. Ideal. Wink, wink. <laughs> JVL. Uh, nudge. Nudge. You know, since two of us are here already, and our setup really is superior in every way. It's well bigger, ventilated. It's not bigger a bigger fu- office. It's not a death trap. No, our equipment is nicer. Uh, you know, these headphones are all set up. It's well, <laughs> uh, but the but the uh, yeah, we do have a nice special treat for everyone. Uh, our friend Gabe Rossman. Yes, uh, he has taken a lot of his time and dedication to put together. Uh, what we call, I guess, basically a gene clip show. Gene. It's a gene show. It's a pastiche. 
if you will. Of, it's a gene in a bottle. It is, oh, oh. Very good, sunny bunch. Uh, and it's the it's like a it's like the best of Gene, uh, and that'll suffice for the next two weeks. Yeah, well, so. we're we're probably gonna take uh, next week off, mm-hmm. uh, and then we will all be back and ready for the next season <laughs> of the I shudder. Substan- I'm he literally actually, sh- I I, it was like somebody walked all over his grave. <laughs> uh, so anyway, enjoy this. Enjoy this, and we'll we'll uh, see you all in a couple weeks. Um, I did the Gene Shallot review. Oh, boy. Uh, is that okay? If it doesn't work, you can edit this oh, out, JV. If this boy. doesn't work, you can edit this out. I, I got to sit back I don't and wait for it. Let's wash it over. Yep. Okay. All right. I'm just going to mute me. <laughs> and hold on. Wait. I, sh- I don't know which one. I don't know who it is. I don't know who it is. I won't okay, mute anyone. So here's my Gene Shallot review. Ready? <clears throat> Spider-Man Homecoming spins a web of intrigue that will have audiences marveling at the special effects. It's got... It's got spine-tingling action. Michael Keaton goes out on a wing as the vulture. Marissa Tomei is Aunt May, or should I say, may I? (laughs) I wasn't so sure of Tom Holland, but it didn't take him long to get into the swing of things. My spidey sense tells me he's going to be a big star. Only very, very rarely does the plot ever slow. To a crawl. I give Spider-Man Homecoming five stars. It'll have you dancing on the ceiling. Back to you, JVL. I think that's the best thing this should show. We should just stop Guys, the podcast. That's a wrap. I'm, I'm done. I JVL, mean, it's, it's all you. I, I'm that, done. I'm done. All right. I'm just taking off my headphones that's, now. I'm taking off my headphones. The Crying Game. It's directed by Neil Jordan. And boy, do I have a bone to pick with him. When Jimmy untucks Dill's robe, I assure you, that's not the only thing that gets untucked. Talk about luck of the Irish. Let's just say he was hoping to get his toad in the hole, but instead got bangers and mash. I give it two stars. And that's the Critics Corner. Dunkirk. Watching Dunkirk, you can't help but get that sinking feeling. In fact, I was drowning in sorrow. German panzers have got the Brits surrounded. Tanks a lot. And terror in the skies. Stuka dive bombers. Heinkels. And oh, fuck. Wolf 190. That was a great plane, the Fock Wolf 190. I love Tom Hardy as an RAF pilot. Boy, could he spit fire. I guess you could say he was the bane of the Luftwaffe. (laughs) Anyway, for these poor souls on the beach, there's only one way out. That's right, Harry Styles. You're going in one direction. To the English Channel. So go see Dunkirk. Because hope floats. I give it four stars, and that's the Critics' Corner.
Slow clap. Slow clap, Gene. Yeah, you're lucky I left out the joke about the Messerschmitt and a bowl of chili. Charlize Theron delivers a monster performance in David Leach's Atomic Blonde. It's November 1989, and we're about to say Auf Wiedersehen to the Berlin Wall. But guten Tag to Miss Theron, or should I say guten Tight? She plays a spy named Lorraine Broughton, and nothing will stand in her way. So good luck getting past Checkpoint Charlie's Theron. <laughs> Lorraine must interrogate French spy Delphine LaSalle. Ooh la la. Let's just say she doesn't beat around the bush, <laughs> sapphically speaking. And it doesn't take long before she has the French spy speaking in tongues. <laughs> Sonny. <laughs> Midway through, I sort of fell asleep. Just after Charlie's there and finished interrogating the French spy. I don't know. I just got very sleepy watching Lorraine. I felt like I wanted to have a piece of quiche. Lorraine. Still, I give Atomic Blonde three stars. Ich bin ein fan of this movie. And that's the Critics Corner. Aloha was about as interesting as a bowl of poi, which is to say it's not interesting at all. You'd be nuts to see it. Macadamia nuts, that is. Macadamia's from Hawaii. I don't get it. Yeah, it's from Hawaii. Gene. Let's just say at the box office, it wasn't the big kahuna. It had a lot of stars, but I give it no stars. And that's the critics' quarter. Mahalo. Logan Lucky. Is a poor man's Ocean's Eleven. Don't get me wrong. I love Channing Tatum, who has to wrestle with his conscience. And Adam Driver plays his brother, an amputee who carries himself with reserve and dignity. Let's give this guy a hand. I'm joking. He really is an actor of the First Order. <laughs> Daniel Craig plays safe cracker Joe Bang, and he gives a breakout performance that will leave you shaken, not stirred. Shifting gears, Logan, <laughs> Logan Lucky doesn't fire on all pistons. The plot was hairy and confusing, much like my mustache. I give Logan Lucky two stars. Take me home to a place where I belong, my living room. And that's the critics' corner. That was good. I know Bravo, that. Gene. I mean, I Gene. I don't know what you were worried about. This is. I was so distracted by the eclipse the other day. Oh, I was thinking about reviewing that. Yeah, you might as well be staring at the sun. Mm. It was so hot. It was like you were walking on the sun. Here comes the sun. <laughs> Just <laughs> all right. That's all right. Thank get you, out Gene. Of here. Get thanks, out of here. Thanks, Gene. Sorry, I'm late. Those gas lines are killer. But I'm pretty sure we'll solve our energy crisis soon, thanks to our new president, Jimmy Carter. Anyway, Close Encounters of the Third Kind is one of the best films of the year. I put it right up there with Capricorn One and Disney's The Rescuers. And unlike Star Wars, this movie doesn't take place in a galaxy far, far away. 
It's about an alien encounter right here in America. Now, the aliens are about the size of that little guy in that new TV show on ABC, Fantasy Island. Richard Dreyfuss gives a stellar performance. Move over, Duddy Kravitz. And Francois Truffaut is magnifique. Talk about a French connection. Watching all the special effects, my eyes were like saucers. Flying saucers. I give Close Encounters four stars. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got a Close Encounter of my own with a turkey. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. That's the Critics Corner. Blade Runner 2049 is the fourth best movie I have ever seen with the word Blade in the title. The others being Blade Runner, Sling Blade, Blade with Wesley Snipes, and Zorro and the Gay Blade. That starred George Hamilton. Be careful of his sword. He'll stab you in the back. Side. Harrison Ford reprises his role, but it's no solo act. He is joined by Ryan Gosling and Robin Wright, who is the first lady to be Ryan's boss at the LAPD. And believe me, she's no buttercup. There's even a cameo by Edward James Olmos, but he remains seated the entire time. I guess you could say he doesn't quite stand and deliver. Anna de Armas plays Gosling's computerized girlfriend. Boy, would I like to insert my memory stick into that slot and download over to the desktop. So what's this movie about? What's this movie about? Apparently, a robot had a baby. If only this were real, you'd solve Japan's declining population problem. Think about it. Timely. Hashtag just saying. Anyway, I give Blade Runner 2049 four stars. And that's the Critics Corner. Oh, look, Vic's gone. Bye, Vic. Happy Halloween. Well, JVL, I guess congratulations to you on your sweet victory. Sonny thought it was in the bag. But poor Vic. Talk about candy crushed. Here's my draft picks. And I'm surprised nobody took these because these are the best picks ever. Ten. Number ten. In the spirit of Sunny Bunch's Anything King Size, number 10, anything by Brax Hard Candies. They're sweet, choking hazards. It's exciting. Number nine, Charleston Chew. You could do the Charleston and eat it too. I'm sorry, what is Charleston Chew? I don't even know what that There's is. There's a little marshmallow and chocolate inside. It's chewy like a taffy. It's like Easter. In Halloween. So it's not like chewing tobacco, because that's what no. I imagine when you say Charles no, chew. No, not at all, Sonny. Not at all. Number eight, Zagnut. But it's kind of hard to find. Uh, a, a suitable substitute would have been Clark's. Number seven, Sun-Made Raisins. Oh. Who doesn't love... Who, who doesn't love Sun-Made Raisins, right, Sonny? Do you like it? I uh, hate it. Bad. You say one more bad thing about Sunmaid, and I'll be raising hell. <laughs> Number six, Necco Wafers. Oh. <laughs> For when you want something, 
That doesn't taste like anything at all. <laughs> Number five, the candy bracelet made in China. <laughs> Always tasty. Why does it have to be made in China? Because if you look at it, it is. <laughs> Number four, good and plenty. Oh. Not to be confused with rat poison pellets. <laughs> okay. Number three, payday. Because some people have chocolate allergies, so it's purely peanuts. And I guess no one is allergic to peanuts. Number two, dots. Oh. <laughs> the assorted fruit-flavored gumdrops, an easy way to remove fillings, caps, and crowns. Chew on that. Mm. And number one, black licorice. <laughs> How come you taste so good? Seriously, once you go black licorice, well, gotta go. Oh, bye, bye Gene. But uh, I believe all of us saw Murder on the Orient Express. Yes. All four all of us. All four of us. Oh, yeah. no. Can we, go, can we skip the big let's, boy review? Yeah, let's, let's go, go straight, straight to Gene. Get to him and get him out of the way. Yeah. He's coming get in. Him in get him in here. I know he's, I saw him cooling his heels out there. I was hoping. He's ready. Cut here. <clears throat> murder on the Orient Express is a first-class murder mystery with an all-star cast. But it doesn't take long before this trip goes off the rails. Orient Express... More like Polar Express. Anyway, someone has been murdered on board under an avalanche of evidence. Inspector Hercules Poirot has to do the heavy lifting. Hercules, heavy lifting. He's played by Kenneth Branagh, who also directs. To be or not to be an actor-director, that is the question. <laughs> Daisy Ridley offers a ray of hope with her forceful performance she prefers her coffee black Josh Gad Josh Gad is far from frozen in his role and dial M for Judy Dench M what a dame but Michelle Pfeiffer will always be my girl for all seasons a joke that only works if you've seen Grease 2 in the end Everyone is guilty of great performances. <laughs> I give Murder on the Orient Express five stars. All aboard. Very good. Very, good. Very well done, Gene. Now it's time for the big boy review. Which of you? You saw we it. all saw it, right? We all saw it. I think we all saw it. I think like, there may be a all fourth. All four of us saw it. A fourth it. person may have seen it. <gasps> That's right, folks. Maybe. Maybe. The return of... Look, he's right outside the window right oh now. Come on in. Come on in, Gene. In Darkest Hour, Gary Oldman, a consummate professional, plays Winston Churchill, Britain's immortal beloved prime minister. As Churchill, Oldman's not so smiley. He's mostly serious. Black... But seriously, Oldman is the hero Hollywood deserves, but not the one it needs right now. Who I need right now is Lily James, the actress who plays Churchill's secretary. Boy, can she take dick. Tation. In fact, I'd like to ask her how my dictate skills are. 
because sometimes I talk too fast. No, no, no. I apologize. It's inappropriate, especially in light of what's happening in the industry. What's happening in the industry right now? No, no, Sonny, I can't talk about it, JVL. You I, no, you should t- I just let, what, <clears> what's <throat> going on. Where you have to tell our listeners what is happening. You know, we don't get all the inside scoop like Gene. I don't want to go down that dark hole. Things can get pretty hairy. It's a slippery slope. Uh, let me just say one thing. Just one thing. Okay. If Brian Singer invites you to a party on his boat, expect there to be loads of semen. Because he can't sail that boat by himself. No, he's got to. Yeah, you mean our, the watch, right? That's our second reference to JBL, semen. Mm. JBL's watch. Yes. Lots of those around. Well, anyway, I give Darkest Hour four stars. This isn't even the beginning of the end, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> So, of course, we all saw The Last Jedi. All of us? All saw all four of us? Maybe. Come on in. Gene! Gene! Gene I wish I could do the Lucille Bluth. Gene! Gene Parmesan. Gene Parmesan. Ah! (laughs) That was good. That was great. That's it. That was great. In Star Wars, The Last Jedi... The First Order is hunting down the Rebels. But where are they going? What are they doing? Talk about Rebels without a cause. Still, there are some stellar performances. Mark Hamill isn't just serious. He's a joker, too. Are we to trust Benicio Del Toro? He's not your usual suspect. And Carrie Fisher performs some death-defying acts. Oh. What? What did I say? There's a lot of tension between Rey and Kylo Ren. Notice how she's always trying to grab his lightsaber. But I guess the real hero of this movie is BB-8. What can't that droid do? It repairs things and at one point blows a bunch of things up. Talk about droid rage. My favorite part of the movie, the Porks. I can't wait to see these cuddly critters in their own movie. You could simply call it Critters. Or Porgy's 2 the next day. Or Porgy's Revenge. But I have to admit, the Porg that Chewbacca roasts and almost eats looked pretty good to me. I guess you can say Porg is the other white meat. I give Star Wars The Last Jedi three stars. Merry Christmas, everybody. That's definitely a Vic movie. That is such a Vic movie. Vic, did you see The Greatest Showman? Did Gene? Oh, here comes Gene! Gene! Hey! Tweet at, at Victorino Mattis. That was a good bit. JVL, you did not see Hostels. No. Sonny, you saw it. I did see it. And I saw it too. Did you see what? it? What? Did so anyone I guess, else Does that mean see three it? of us saw it? <gasps> what? Oh, come on in, Gene. It, Great sound of Vic, get the get the F out of that seat. Get out. All right, sit down, Gene. Come on. Move over, Vic. <clears throat> a group of guys backpacking through Europe are lured to a spa in the east. But this spa is no pleasure palace, a point they really drill into the first victim. Gene. Let's just say they really cut to the chase. Don't get me wrong, the spa is definitely into skincare, as in how do we care for your skin in order to wear it as a coat? 
I can't even make a joke what, about what happened to the poor Japanese girl. Konichiwa? More like Konichiwa happened to her eyeball and dangling all over her face. Oh, no. Hostel is one of the worst films I've ever seen. My advice to you, don't see this movie. It is torture. Zero stars. JVL, I think, I think Gene saw Hostel, the Eli Roth movie, not Hostiles, oh. the Scott Cooper Gene, movie. Well, I, um, Gene, Gene, Gene. Really? I suspected that. So I saw the other movie called Hostel 2. <laughs> Women being tortured. One lady sits in a bathtub torturing a victim above, above her. Talk about a bloodbath. Zero stars. No, no, Gene. Gene it's Hostel Gene. 3, straight to video. They take a gamble in Las Vegas and lose. How many stars does that one get? Zero stars. Oh. I need a vacation and not to Slovakia. Bye-bye. Oh, boy. That's, boy, I, well, you know. For a man of his age, those movies are I mean, hard on the heart. Pretty I can't intense. believe I'm, that. I'm, that, is, that is terrible. Yeah. Poor know. guy. That is, that I'm, is I'm just happy he made it out alive. <laughs> yes. I was hoping Gene saw Fifty Shades. Come on in, Gene. Come sit down. Hello. Uh, I meant to see the 1517 to Paris, but I walked into the wrong theater and saw Fifty Shades Freed instead. Yes! Talk about a stroke of luck. <laughs> Fifty Shades is the titillating tale of master and servant, and boy, does this masturbate the servant. Christian Grey whips his new bride into shape, but Anastasia is a real ball buster herself. Pretty soon, she's the one straightening him out. There's intrigue and suspense. Who's the new girl? She looks so familiar. Christian is no doubt wondering, I think I've come across that face before. <laughs> it happened. It happened. Sonny finally spit out his whiskey. Let's see how many more puns I can squeeze out, Sonny. Ah. When Anastasia learns she's pregnant, will Christian give her the shaft? There's, <laughs> there's kidnapping and ransom. Let's just say the ending is a real eye-opener. I give Fifty Shades Freed five stars. Five out of four stars. Five out of four. Five. And then it went down to four. And then it went down to three. <laughs> I'm sorry to miss the 1517 to Paris, but in Fifty Shades Freed... Christian Grey also flies to Paris. I'm pretty sure he took the red eye. <laughs> well, I guess I milked it for what it's worth. Time for me to pull the plug. Goodbye. Oh, that was good. I need a minute. That was, yeah. that was, that was the best I ever. JVL, did you see Death Wish? No. Sonny. I did. Yes. Did anybody else in the room I, watch Death Wish? I saw Death Wish, and I think somebody else did. <sighs> Come on in. All right, uh, uh, Vic. You remember you got to stand over there. Right. It's been a, it's been a couple weeks. All right. Come on, Gene. <clears throat> Death Wish stars Bruce Willis, a doctor who's moonlighting. As a diehard vigilante, he used to be a law-abiding citizen. I guess you could call him the last Boy Scout. But his wife gets killed and his daughter is left in a coma. So he goes after the killers. 
or at least the ones in striking distance. But those killers show a lot of nerve, sciatic nerve. There's also a great performance by Elizabeth Shue as the wife. And just like in Leaving Las Vegas, she gets an unexpected backdoor intruder. Oh, no. no. I give Death Wish four stars. And something tells me there'll be a sequel. Call it my sixth sense. Bye-bye. Gene. Gene. Isle of Dogs is about a boy in Japan who flies a plane zeroing in on an island landfill to look for his canine spot. Talk about a suicide mission. But seriously, this is no shaggy dog story. The boy is hounded by his uncle who had kept him on a short leash. Luckily, the kid is joined by a group of dogs roving the countryside looking for his best friend. It's a sort of stop-motion style Saving Private Ryan, or a doggy style Saving Private Ryan, really. (laughs) Speaking of which, there's a come-from-behind ending that will give you pause. I give Isle of Dogs four stars. You're going to lap it up. So, Watching screen. the girl from Game of Thrones, I had to do a little solo act myself. Well, this, is, this is the problem with Vic doing a Gene version of solo. It's just going to be a bunch of masturbation jokes. <laughs> Why do you say problem? Scaling the heights. JVL, did you see it? I did not. pretty good, Sonny. I did see it. I saw it, too. Did anyone else see it? No. Maybe. <gasps> okay. Somebody did see it. He's here. In his farewell, his swan song. Gene! How, how did, Sonny, you are better at the Lucille Bluth Gene. Can you give it to me? Gene! Ah! Skyscraper stars The Rock, who plays a security specialist at Amputee. Boy, is he hopping mad. His family is stuck at the top of a Hong Kong skyscraper when criminals turn it into a towering inferno. To save them, he has to go out on a limb. But save them, he does. His family is so grateful to him. And what can he say except you're welcome? Also, I loved his wife, played by Nev Campbell. She's a scream. If polygamy were legal, I'd marry her too, but then we'd be a party of five. <laughs> I'd give Skyscraper four stars. Bye-bye. Wait, who were the other three? My family. Uh, I'm talking uh, about my family. So be, oh, Gene, gotcha, Gene gotcha, from gotcha. a family of four. I got you. It's yeah, four, and then another wife, a second wife, I, would be party would of five. be five. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Yes. Thank you. Um, good. And Sonny, you obviously saw it. <laughs> I saw it. Did anyone, Did anyone else, else see it? Quite possibly. Yes! Okay. Wait, can we do it now? All right. Mission Impossible Fallout is impossible not to love. The IMF team is searching for a case of plutonium. They battle so many terrorists around the world. They might as well call it Battlefield Earth, which Tom Cruise was not in. Henry Cavill does a super job 
as a CIA assassin. Boy, can he fly a helicopter. But then Tom Cruise rams him from behind. Bet he didn't see that coming. Poor Henry gets sprayed all over his face and it burns. That's jet fuel for you. Does Cruz survive? Let's just say you'll find Himalayan in the snow. Himalayan in the snow. Uh, uh, I give I give Mission Impossible Fallout four stars. You'll be falling out of your seat. Well, your gene, if I may say so, he he kind of came off sounding like a perv. Well, and that's not Gene. That's not Gene. That's no, not the Gene we know. There's more nuance to Gene than that. What do you think we're going to get away with that? Vic? Do you think that, do you think people will <laughs> are going to are going to put up with that from us? I don't know. You think people are even listening at this point? This, this is what I'm it curious. off. I'm curious I because I want I wanted to save my correction. I finally have a correction. I after well, all these years after hundreds of years of doing the substandard. There is an actual sunny bunch I have correction. A, I, have a, I have a correction, but I, I'm going to stick it here at the end where nobody's going to listen to it. That way we can... It works, that way, it works we'll, both ways for you, so... Um, okay. Now, I, I remember last week I had talked about uh, my dog getting stuck in the glue trap and yes. having to clean her off, and et cetera, et cetera. I had said that I used palm to clean... Thinking of palm olive. Yes. But it was not palm. It was dawn. Don Palm. They sound very similar. It's in the blue bottle. And yeah. I, it's what, They're all the same. Sick, they, it looks all, the same to me. All, all dish detergents or whatever are the you same. It's could, all, you know. It's the same way. You could put your fingernails in the Dawn or the Palm Olive and, you're, and it'll take the nail polish away. I guess. I don't know. I like Madge did <laughs> so. back in the 70s. So anyway, my mistake. I had correct, correction, Sunny Bunch correction. It was, it was Dawn. But no one will ever know because they never made it this far. Yeah. And that's why it is fine. And that's all the time we're giving <laughs> to this episode. Wait, what are we doing? What? I thought what? I thought that was I thought these were the outtakes. Oh no! Oh, oh this no. is oh this. I thought we we're gonna do the. No, oh, no, this oh, okay. is it. Oh, this is it. Okay. Well, I have. Say okay, goodbye. Well, okay. All right. Mm. I'm sure it's fine. Wait, did you Wait, have, something? I, you no, have something? I had one thought. All right, all right, go on. Okay, go on. and uh, the only thing my thought is at the end of my weekend, I'm getting a new car. Oh, but it's uh, just the it's new car, same as the old. I am on the lease. My three years is up on my Subaru, and I'm getting a new Subaru because I'm that kind of a person. I like Subarus because, yeah, I'm just curious. I'm curious. You're going to go do some uh, backpacking? I, You know what? Sometimes I like to <laughs> go regular. You're going to play some softball? Driving. Sometimes I go all-wheel all wheel drive. Like, you I like go, to go both ways. Like I like to go both yeah, ways. That makes sense. I'm yeah. sure it's fun. So after Vic and I got done taping this episode and after I spent hours and hours editing it and putting it together in the the uh, secret free beacon editing offices, uh, who decided to get his together and send us uh, the July box office song? Uh, one Scotty from the SSEU. Um, I, uh, I like this a lot. He put a lot of effort into this. Otherwise, I would have just frankly canceled it because it, it, Scotty, it's the end of August. Come on, man. But but. But it's really good. So uh, we have decided to stick it on here at the end. Uh, Here's a little bonus content for you. Fine is never fine at all. You can only believe. 
second tier The wasp is the same as the first Fatigue Sequel fatigue Fatigue The grave The plots don't change They all remain the same We're all to blame for this trash in July July, July, so trite July.